Welcome to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Eric Capelli. Today I'm going to move forward with the message for today. It's in the series Star Wars, so get ready. Are you ready? I hope so. I'm ready. Today I want to just talk to you about the fact that Jesus the King is here. Jesus is here. He has not left us. Advent shows us that the abiding presence of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit is here among the church. And there are certain things that we see from the life of Jesus that are just as relevant today for us as believers or those that want to know Jesus as they were for the time that Jesus stepped into the story of humanity. The advent of Christ's birth is depicted in a kind of rich and theological fashion in the Gospel of John, which is what I'm going to be using today. We oftentimes during the Christmas season will look at Matthew and Luke, and we like the historical account of his birth, but we quickly can kind of glance over the spiritual account of Jesus coming into this world. In the first chapter of John, we see Jesus stepping into the picture, but this stepping in isn't really just this little baby. The stepping in of Jesus into the story of humanity is a powerful moment. So in the first chapter of John, we see this parallel account that kind of resembles the first chapter of the book of Genesis. In John's account, he is showing us that the coming of Jesus Christ is the coming of a new creation in which Jesus shines light into the dark and dismal places of our hearts. And he invites us to be part of his new creation, his new humanity. Don't you love that? See, in the book of Genesis, when God created all things, he was showing us the story of our origins. That we come from this couple called Adam and Eve, but because they fell into sin, the way to God, the way to eternal life was broken. But Jesus is the second Adam. And through Jesus, you and I get a new shot we get a chance to be part of God's new creation. That is what I love about celebrating Advent. We're celebrating more than trees and wreaths and gifts. We are celebrating the greatest gift that was ever given to us, and that is God giving his one and only son, Jesus. But the thing that I love the most about it is because the Bible says, worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning that in the beginning, when God created all things, he knew that we were going to fumble. Do we have any football watchers here? And we all know what a fumble can do to a game. And so we as human beings fumbled God's plan. But thank God, one of the best players of all creation, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, he picked up that ball and he ran and he ran all the way to the cross And he resurrected again to give you and I victory in Jesus. The second Adam has reinstated us in the love and in the plan and the purposes of God. If you want to stand with me this morning, we're going to read the word of God and pray as we continue forward, believing that the message today will shape and touch our hearts. The translation that I'm going to read from is John chapter 1. It's a more paraphrased version of the Bible. It's called the Passion Translation, but I love the way that it takes this idea of the word, the word, the word, or the logos, as it's known in the Greek language, and really brings it to home for us. So I'm going to read from that translation for you. 
it says, In the beginning the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face. In the very beginning and through his creative inspiration, the living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, for his life is the light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you through the power not only of the written word, but the power of the word that is alive and well, the power of Jesus of Nazareth that is flowing today by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you would take these words and take the truth of the scripture and that you would illuminate our hearts so that as we leave the service or as we've watched it online and kind of end the video, that we would realize that we can be changed by Jesus. That we would realize that not only was Jesus on a mission, but we too share in that mission of bringing your light and your life to the people around us. Jesus, bless the preaching of your word. Open our hearts to receive all that you have for us. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The translation that I read referred to Jesus as being the living expression that comes from the Greek word, the logos. And during the time that John was writing this in the Greco-Roman world, they were kind of toying with these philosophical ideas and expressions. And so this idea of the word was very important. And so John kind of capitalizes off of this trend. You know, there were things that were trending back then just like they trend now. And so this idea, this philosophical idea of the Logos played out in the understanding of the people. And John said, just so you know, this idea of truth and life and reason, and, and it goes beyond all of you. There is Jesus of Nazareth, and he is more than just trending. He is the promised one that God desired to bring into this world. And he is the one that not only lives the word, but he breathes it and acts it out and walks in it and invites everyone that knows him to walk in it as well. In the Christian tradition, Christ identified with the Logos. The Logos is the word of God. The word transformed the chaos into order at the beginning of time. In his human form, Christ sacrificed himself voluntarily to the truth, to the good and to God. In consequence, he died and was reborn. And the word that produced order from chaos sacrifices everything, even itself, to God. That single sentence beyond comprehension sums up Christianity. Every bit of learning is a little bit of death. Jesus knew from the very beginning, when he stepped into the story of human darkness, that he would offer his life in the midst of darkness so that his light would shine for all of eternity. And his light and his life and his truth have been radiating since the beginning of time. And even though the enemy, the devil, has tried to shield it from us, you and I, from the moment that Jesus stepped into the story of humanity, we have been given the opportunity to let his life and his truth and his very presence speak to us. The ultimate question is, 
how deep will we let the revelation of Christ get into our hearts? In the book of Ephesians, as Paul is writing to the church, he says to them, may Christ in his fullness be revealed to you. You know, there are a lot of know-it-alls sometimes in the kingdom of God. There are a lot of know-it-all believers that make it seem like they've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Well, I am the last person to claim that I know it all. What I know is one thing, that I once was living in darkness, and Christ broke into the story of my life. And sometimes I might not get it right. Some days I fumble. Sometimes it's even days on end. But thank God that Jesus has intercepted the ball for me. Thank God that Jesus still loves bringing truth and life into my life. And all I have to do is want to walk in it. Today I want to invite you. I want to invite you to experience Advent as more than just a tradition. I want you to experience Advent knowing that Jesus is the very source of all of this, and he wants to be the source of everything for you. The Advent story of Christ stepping into the world shows us the first thing is that Jesus is our light. Now, oftentimes we can kind of let that lose its meaning. We live in a world where light has become relatively a normal thing for all of us. We light up our homes, we light up Christmas trees, we light up all kinds of things, we drive cars in the middle of the night, we go out whenever we want to, 24-7 our society can operate. But during the time of Jesus, this was not the normal. The darkness was the time of evil. The darkness was the time that you were the most vulnerable to wild animals and thieves and people that were awkward and odd. And mind you, I think that still plays out in our society, no matter, no matter how much light we have around us. So darkness is still something that is very much present. And Jesus is the light, so Jesus becomes the very confrontation to darkness. And oftentimes we can focus on the darkness around us, but you know what I love? I love when Jesus prays the Lord's Prayer and he says, deliver us from evil. See, the human heart is inclined to evil and wickedness and darkness, and if the light of Christ is not shining in our hearts, all of us are susceptible to it. Every single one of us. I don't want to hear there's a good person today. There are so many people that think they're good people. Oh, no, 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 no. Without Jesus, we are nothing. Without the grace and the power of Jesus, without the truth of Jesus, even as believers, permeating our heart, you and I, we fumble way too much. Jesus himself says these very words in John chapter 8, verse 12. He spoke to the crowds again at this festival, and he said to them, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But will have the light of life. I love these proclamations of Jesus, and sometimes I think it's good for us to kind of gain a little bit of an understanding of why Jesus is saying these things. See, Jesus was at this Jewish festival, and at this festival they lit this beautiful menorah. Uh, for some that have followed a little bit of Hanukkah, and you see on the shelf those little menorahs that are lit up. But in the time of Jesus, the menorah was this gorgeous, beautiful, golden, I mean, it's more than a candlestick. A menorah has a whole different meaning. It's huge. 
And so in this, in this festival, the menorah was lit, and so it was radiating this light on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. But if you were to see the area, and for those from the church that have ever been to Israel, you have the Temple Mount, but then down at the bottom, you have this valley, the Valley of Gehinnom, the place that's referred to as Gehenna or Hell. That is what the Bible illustrates hell being like. And that was the trash dump of the city of Jerusalem. And there you would hear the beating of drums as sacrifices, human sacrifices were made, and the burning of trash because people would throw their trash into this dark valley. And then people that were possessed or marginalized, they would kind of hang out down there, and you would hear screaming and crazy things. And so when Jesus is making this proclamation, the menorah is burning bright on the hill of the holy city, but down at the bottom, the sounds, the most hellish-like sounds are being made, and Jesus juxtaposes his light into the midst of this dark situation, and he says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who walks in me will know no darkness. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He means business. He is no joke. When he walks into darkness, he loves bringing light. And those that live in darkness, there are one or two reactions to Jesus of Nazareth, and they have not changed. He either attracts people or he repels them. When people say, oh, yeah, it's all good, it's all good. No, 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 don't believe them. The light of Christ causes a war within each and every one of us. Even among the religious, the light of Christ is a penetrating, revealing light that shows you and I that we need him. We need his light to continue to guide us. Sometimes we can be misled as we follow Jesus. See, we want to walk in the truth, but we want things to go the way that we want them. See, John Miller said the following. He said, we want God to show us the practical things in life. Who should we marry? What career should I pursue? We want guidance, but Jesus wants to give us himself. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the answer. He wants to show his glory in our lives. Can I tell you what I've seen in Christianity from a young age? I've seen Jesus being treated like he's a genie. Let me rub the lamp of Christianity. Let me rub the lamp of knowing him. And I want my three wishes. I want to know who I'm going to marry. And I want the job that I want and the house that I want. And if I don't get things when I want or how I want them, then I don't know if I'm going to serve him. Jesus is not a genie. The word of God is not a fortune cookie. Jesus is the truth. And when you and I want that truth, guess what our life looks like when we pray? When we pray, we are not making a wish list like we do to Santa and telling Jesus to sign on the dotted line. When we come to Jesus, who is the truth, he's got a list. He's got a list, and he's checking it twice. And do you know what he wants? He wants us to sign our names on the dotted line. When we want the truth of God inside of us, it means not my way, Lord, but your way. See, when I was little, we would sing the song, I'll go where you want me to go, I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord, over a mountain or hill or stream. Yeah, uh, we sang that. I hope we all meant it. I tell the church sometimes, and I get annoying, and I do it on purpose. You sang those songs to me, you preached those messages to me, you better live those things. I'm adamant about it. 
Because, see, the kingdom of God is Jesus taking on form. He wasn't just words and hot air like some guru. He lived out every word, even to the point of obedience to death on a cross. You and I are being asked to walk in that same truth. The second thing that Jesus shows us is he is our life. And I love this word life in the Greek because it's this word zoe, which is really abundant life. It is exuberant life or radiant life. You hear a lot of Christian churches with those names. Abundant life, exuberant life, and everyone who goes to them is sad in the Lord. Now living all depressed on Jesus. But Jesus is the very life source of our being. Even when we are down in the dumps, the joy of the Lord can still be our strength. Because the joy of the Lord is not giggling like an idiot. The joy of the Lord is knowing deep down in your soul that Jesus will take you through it all. He will give you life. He will bring you through the storm. He'll bring you through the opposite tide of the tunnel. He will speak to the storms of your life and say, peace, be still. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, it talks about Jesus being our light. And John says this, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, who, he has, who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. But isn't this the cute little John? Isn't this the John that we like, that kind of, he rests his head against Jesus, and he's there at the cross, and, well, John is so kind and so sweet and so loving. Yes, John talks about love more than any other figure in the Bible in his writings, but John also says this, the truth is the truth, and a lie is the lie, and life is life, and death is death. If you are not walking in Jesus, you do not have life in you. Jesus is the extension cord that brings us life. So when you and I, when we're walking around like a dead smartphone, Jesus is the plug that connects us. And as expensive and awesome as we think we are, we are nothing, we are nothing without the plug that plugs us into eternal life. And so Jesus is that source. Just like you run around your homes trying to find your charger, or at least I do. I always steal the charger from the little boy in the front row. At night before he goes to bed, he says to me, do you need this? Because uh, I'm always on red. But see, God never meant for our spiritual lives to be on red. God meant through Jesus Christ that we would have a full battery, 100% and even beyond that. And so that life that Jesus wants to bring anyone that's connected to him, when you are connected to Jesus, the source of life, oh, he gives you life. He gives you life in abundance, and all you need to do is ask him for that life. Os Guinness said the following about that life. He said, if Jesus is the head of the church, and hence the source and goal of its entire life, true growth within the church is only possible in obedience to him. Controversially, controversially, if the church becomes separated from Jesus, Christ and his word, it cannot grow, however active and successful it may seem to be.
Do you want to know what a vibrant church looks like? A vibrant church is each and every one of us being connected to Jesus. A vibrant church has nothing to do with how good of a program we have. A vibrant church has nothing to do with how many ministries we offer you. We're not a buffet. I've said that before. I've been at Christian events, and I thought, if Jesus were here, he'd tear this room apart. I've been in seminars that were, where we had these speakers that were such wonderful believers that had men and women of faith, and the people would just get up and walk out of the seminar and go grab a cup of coffee because, well, their cup of coffee was more important than the words that they were hearing. And I thought, this is not what it's supposed to be. The church of Jesus was meant to be connected. The church of Jesus was meant to be the life source. I've said it in another sermon, but I'll repeat it again. I do not want co people coming to Bethel because they like me or the worship team. I want people coming here because I absolutely love all of you. Because I love the people that fill this building. They love the Spirit of God that you carry with you. They love the life that you have in the Spirit. And they say, I want what you have. Man, that's a real church that's growing. When we are growing with Jesus, people begin to grow with us. The third thing that Jesus reveals to us in John is that Jesus is our truth. He becomes the truth of our lives. John 14.6 says the following, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do we understand that the message that Jesus is speaking is the truth. For some of our younger people here and those that are watching online, there are many that proclaim to have the truth. There are many religions that also proclaim to have the truth, but not one of them, except for Christianity, has a Savior that was willing to risk his life for you. Not only risk it, but give it for you. Jesus is the only Savior in any world religion that spilled his blood because he loves you. And so when Christianity makes the exclusive claim that Jesus is the only way to heaven, we should not feel embarrassed about that. We should not have to feel like we have to walk on eggshells around people. I've said it before, you can God people to death in our society. America loves God bless, God bless, God bless. Everyone, even an atheist in America, will sometimes say God bless you. But the name of Jesus separates light from darkness. The name of Jesus and the true ministry of Christ still speak into a world that doesn't know him. And when it speaks, oh, believe me, either people really want him or they want nothing to do with him. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the words of Jesus are the essence of truth. Jesus never uttered opinions. He never guessed, he knew, and he knows. That is what I love about Jesus. See, we can doubt our faith sometimes, and we can doubt the goodness of God and the things of God, but Jesus never doubted himself. Seven times in the Gospel of John, he says, I am, I am, I am the resurrection and life. I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus, it wasn't another religious leader, Jesus himself said the following words, no one comes to the Father except through me. 
Let that be the message that is proclaimed not only here in America, but all throughout the world. There is only one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus. There is only one truth that dominates every other truth, and that is the truth of Jesus. We as believers, let us stand in that truth. Like I said, darkness can be very confrontational. 1 John 1, 5 through 7, John illuminates this a little more. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, meaning if we walk with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all our sin. I love how John just brings about this truth. I call it truth jabs. Yeah? He's giving you a hard right and a left. And he's showing you, you cannot do this without him. You cannot be a Christian. You cannot walk in the light without Jesus. You cannot love other believers without Jesus. It is impossible unless the resurrection life of Jesus is flowing through your veins. Unless you are connected to the very source of truth, you are walking in darkness. Believers were never meant to live their life outside of Christ. Believers were never meant to just go about their lives on automatic pilot. Being a believer in Jesus means ultimate dependence upon him. Not only, Lord, I needed you when I got saved, but Lord, I need you today. Do you feel that way? I feel that way often. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I cannot, and I say this too, I cannot, I will not do it without you. Christianity without Jesus, can I be honest with you? It stinks. It's a bunch of things that we cannot attain. Living in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, telling people, I cannot do that in my flesh. Even if I wanted to, without Jesus, can I be real with you? I wouldn't even attend church. Why would I come here every week and listen to someone jibber-jabber? I think preaching is idiocy. Honestly, that's what Paul said. It's foolishness. It's someone standing up here and saying words. No, these are the words of truth. These are the words of life. And when we truly take them into our heart, it transforms everything around us. That is why in this Advent season, Jesus reveals not only did he come, he is still with us. He sent the Holy Spirit so that he could abide with us by his presence. Henry Nowen said the following, the Lord is coming. He's always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize him at any moment of your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. Our life is an expression of Christ. Just like Jesus became the living expression and he came among us, he was in our darkness and he brought truth and he brought life and he brought this, 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 this awesome sense of, of, of the love of the Father everywhere he went. 
And so in the New Testament, as Paul is writing to one of the churches, he says, and I pray that you would be a living epistle meaning a living letter that the, like the Gospels were written and like the letters were written, just like Jesus came and he took on flesh and expressed the Father and everything he said and did. Paul is encouraging believers and saying, yes, you are a representation of Christ. You and the truth that you speak and the life that you have, you represent Jesus. And the light that you show, you represent Jesus. And so it becomes this kind of thing, this, this attitude that needs to get a hold of each and every one of us. This little light of mine, how oh, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I can't get this candle out of here. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, we're poor, pathetic Christians. This little light of mine. Oh, we're waiting for Jesus to come. Oh, it's so difficult. I'm going to let it shine. Let no, 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 no. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am all of these things. No, 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 not this little light of mine. This little light of mine, this big light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, shine, shine. Not only during Christmas season, I'm going to let it shine each and every day. Let the light of Jesus shine through me. And if it's not, let the truth and let the light hit your hearts today. Be willing to have a confrontation with the truth. You are either living for him or you're not. There is no middle ground. Just like Jesus gave his all, he says, give your all, take up your cross, and follow me. If you could stand with me this morning. I'd like the altar team to make their way back up front. We had them come up, and I think everyone was busy singing the songs, but these people, they're here to pray for you because let me tell you something. I need prayer, and I know you need prayer because it's not only getting through the month of December. It is living for Jesus each and every day. Jesus is calling out to us to walk in the light, to walk in his truth, to walk in his life. And if we have any fence walkers or people that you have dark areas in your life, and mind you, let no one be a hypocrite here. Sometimes the people that praise the loudest, they don't praise at all when they're not in this building. Sometimes the people that pray the hardest, they don't pray in their daily lives. Sometimes people that quote the scripture don't even read the Bible on a daily basis. Don't deceive yourself. Let Jesus and his light and his life and his truth touch the deepest places in your heart today. I kindly invite you today, if you want Christ to be alive in your heart, to be that living expression like the Bible talks about. If you've, if you've never encountered it, I don't care if you've said a prayer. I don't even care if you've spoken in tongues. If that life in Christ is not alive and well within you, I want you to respond to these altars today to say, Jesus, I want you to live inside of me. I want your truth, your life, your presence to live in me like never before. I'm going to take a moment to pray. Pastor Noah will sing, and the altars are open to be prayed for. Heavenly Father, we just take a moment right now. We pray that your presence would come, not only into this room, but come into our hearts. 
We pray that the message of truth and life and light would get into the deepest place in our heart and that our light would not just be a dying candle, but that it would be like a beautiful menorah lit above the city of Jerusalem, that it would shine for all to see, shine in the midst of darkness, shine in the midst of circumstances. Jesus, let your presence fill our hearts today. Jesus, I need you. If you're watching online, open your heart to him and just say, Jesus, I need you. Shine with your light in my life. Reveal any sin that, Lord, is standing in the way between you and I. Forgive it through the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, let your truth wash over me. And Jesus, let your life, the life that you came to give, let your life live inside of me. Jesus, I'm not a fence walker. I want to walk with you each and every day. Jesus, we thank you that you are touching hearts this morning. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. Head to BethelCC.org to stay up to date with everything that's going on at Bethel Christian Church.